Good evening. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Good. That was weak. That was real weak. How's everybody doing? Yes. All right. <laughs> Will, great. All right. So do we have the title? Yes. Read up and prayed up. The armor of God. So we're going to be in Ephesians 6 tonight. Pretty stoked, Nate. Gave me the opportunity to be up here today. Let's go. Yep. If you don't know, he's in Fort Wayne doing a gig somewhere. Concert, gig, whatever, you know. Playing some music. Surprised most of you didn't go. Shame on you. (laughs) Shame on you. But uh, I'm just going to dive in after a little prayer here. So, dear Father God, I ask your spirit just dwell in this place and uh, be with the message. Help me to convey what you want people to hear, need people to hear. Um, Not me, but you, Lord. Um, I want your spirit to speak through me and impact the lives of the people in here and help us grow to be better people and further your kingdom. And in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Struggle with sin? Who doesn't, right? We're all dirty sinners. We've all been there. You could be struggling right now with something. No, you're not alone. Like, we've all been there, right? Everyone goes through these battles. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if you don't think you've sinned, I think everybody in here is a believer, but if you're not, and, you know, you don't think you struggle with these things, you're simply lying to yourself. It's okay. And you don't have to believe me. <laughs> it's in God's word, right here in John 1.8. If we claim we don't have sin, we're only fooling ourselves. In other translations, it says you're deceiving yourself. And it goes on to say that the truth isn't living in you. And it just means, you know, you, you haven't found Jesus yet. You don't know you're a sinner. You haven't given your life. And that's okay. There's time for that. We all have to be there in order for us to understand we need Jesus, right? So what do we need to do to overcome this sin and stuff? We need to be connected to God, to Jesus, in a way that helps us discern what to do in a situation. When that voice is telling you something, to do something, that most likely will result in sin. So that we will be able to resist the devil and his schemes, what we feel we should do in the flesh. In James 4, 7, it tells us, submit or or humble ourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. And this is saying, when we find ourselves fighting these thoughts, or let's be honest, when we are thinking about something or someone In a way, we as Christians, no, we shouldn't be. We need to bring it to God in prayer. And this is where we're going to jump into Ephesians. It talks about it in verse 618. It says, pray in the Spirit at all times. On every occasion, stay alert. Be persistent in all your prayers. 
for, or, and your prayers for all believers everywhere. And I love how Paul writes that we need to be praying for all believers. Mm-hmm. Not just for the battles that we're in, but for everyone's battles, because we're all in these battles. We all face the same things against the devil's strategies. But I want to take a step back and look at the armor of God, see what Paul was really getting into. He's kind of finishing up a thought here. Give us a clear picture of what he's talking about. Because we are at war. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. I didn't write it down, so I had to bust out the scriptures here. It says, Be strong in the Lord and in his, in his mighty power. Put on, the, uh, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after you battle, after the battle, you will stand firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of righteousness. For shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news. So that you will be fully prepared. In addition to these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Woo! Let's go! So before we actually get into the armor, let's look at what, what's actually written here. He starts with, Be strong in the Lord and His strength. His power, not our own ability. Because what can, what can we do to the devil, honestly? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right? He's in the unseen realm. We can't even see the guy. We'd be shadow boxing. I think Paul talks about that <laughs> in Scripture, too. Just make us look like a fool, you know? Because we are no match for him. It reminded me of the Scripture in Jude, when the archangel Michael uh, and, and the devil are contending for Moses' body. And even though Mark, uh, Michael's an archangel, and that's, I mean, that's what the devil was before he was cast out of, out of heaven. So they're on the same playing field. But Michael isn't going up in, in there with all his strength. He's just like, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Mm, fighting in the Lord's strength. That's where we need to be. Because Jesus has already won the battle. He holds the victory. That's why we need to be connected to the source of victory. And who is that? Everybody? Jesus. Amen. Let's go. This way, we will fight from the victory. And the more connected we are to God by spending time in his word and in prayer, the more of his strength and power we will operate in. Notice that operating in the Lord's strength comes first in the text. Because if we don't, how can we put on God's armor? We need to be able to wear the armor, right? We need to be conditioned for it. Just like when uh, 
a soldier goes into battle, he has to be physically fit enough to carry, you know, like whether it's a ballistic vest and all the equipment that goes along with that. And nowadays, or back in the, the older days, in the first century, where it was the Romans. And back when Paul was writing these things, you know, he spent a lot of time under arrest by the Roman government, which means he was guarded by Roman soldiers outfitted or fashioned in this armor. Spending a great deal of time with them, he could picture how that armor resembled the way God wants us to be equipped to be guards of his word or warriors of truth. So let's look at the first piece of equipment that is talked about in the Bible, or in the the letter to Paul, from Paul. The belt of truth. As Paul writes in Ephesians 6.14, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. In other translations, it says to gird your waist or your loins. Girding your loins, back in those days, people wore these long robes, you know, down to like your ankles. Like, who does that? Like, I mean, (laughs) never catch me doing that. (laughs) But they had to raise them up, you know, and strap their belt over them. And that way, they could get going to work and, you know, get busy. Or if they they were going to run, I don't know if they jogged back then. (laughs) Not like we do for exercise, you know. I don't think that was a thing. But it it made them less restricted, you know, ready for action. And that's what girding girding your loins means. Having a readiness. And in contrast to a Roman soldier, every piece of equipment was connected to that belt. So if you didn't have your belt, I mean, your drawers fell off. I mean, you know, your sword, whatever. I mean, it, it wasn't there. Just run around naked. Um, So you're basically defenseless, right? What that tells us is we need to be equipped with the truth of the Bible, being ready to act and think biblically. Without a good foundation of biblical knowledge and readiness, the rest of the armor just won't stay connected. Now we're going to move on to the breastplate of righteousness. And this piece of armor is probably the most recognizable. I mean, everybody knows what a breastplate is, right? piece of armor, whether it is Kevlar vest or whatever. It's something that you see, you know. And that's just like our righteousness. It's on display for everybody in the world, no matter where you're at. That's what people see. And I'm not saying we have it all figured out as Christians. We aren't righteous in our own actions. Not by any means. But what Jesus has done, saving us, justifying us before God, before God the Father, and believing in Jesus, in believing in Jesus, we become righteous in God's sight. This is what protects our hearts from the world and culture and what they say is acceptable. Like the breastplate protects the vital organs of the wearer, we being made righteous because of what Jesus did, this should ignite us to live a more honorable lives that display the righteousness of God so the whole world can see. Now for the shoes of the gospel of peace. Well, the boots for the Roman soldiers, they were like cleats in nowadays sports. There was nothing like them back in those days. Nobody had cleats. 
And these spikes would help you maintain balance, right? Giving you firm footing so you can maneuver, whatever it is, juking people out, holding your ground, <laughs> keeping you moving and pushing forward. And in a spiritual battleground, we need to be equipped with the gospel of peace, proclaiming the gospel to gain ground. In Romans 10:15, it says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. We need to be ready to share the gospel of peace by living it, walking the walk, you know? It says, in addition to these, Paul writes, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. And the shields of the Romans were big enough to cover like most of their body, except their head a little bit and maybe their feet. It was also curved toward the user so that it would deflect most of the arrows or projectiles incoming. And sometimes they soaked it in water because the lead of a leather shield, and they also had a, a fire retardant material or repellent they would put on them sometimes. Because we are constantly under a barrage of these fiery arrows of the enemy during our lives as Christians. Have you ever been going throughout your day and out of nowhere an impure thought comes? Or maybe you're thinking about nothing but bad outcomes for your day. Like, well, what if, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? And you could be having a moment where someone offends you, and you get angry, and you want to show them how you feel. I mean, I've been there a lot, you know? <laughs> so uh, sometimes you just want to want to give them a little peace, you know? And it's those thoughts and feelings that catch us off guard. They are the fiery darts of the devil. These are the times we need to raise that shield of faith. All the enemy is trying to do is get us distracted so that we will let our guard down, hoping that we are unprepared for that next attack. And the best way to defend against these attacks are to rest in God's promises for us. And I read somewhere, I don't know where I read it, but some guy took the time to look at all the promises in the Bible. There's over, over or about 8,000 promises. I mean, who has the time to go through the Bible and find 8,000 promises? I was, I was floored. And these are here, you know, to give us encouragement and stability when the devil tries to tell us that we aren't strong Christians or that we won't survive this life as a Christian. So I looked for a few of them. I, I grabbed three out of the 8,000. <laughs> so I thought it'd be cool to start in Isaiah since Nate is in Isaiah here on Wednesday nights usually. So Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious hand. Ooh, let's go. And I, I grabbed one everybody probably knows in here. Philippians 1.6. It's like, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you or among you will complete it by the day of Jesus Christ. And I grabbed one of my faves. Of course, uh, 
It's Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding or depend not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will make your path straight or show you the path to take. Like I said, there are plenty more. So go dive into the word later and get you some more promise power to hold that shield up. So next, we're going to look at the helmet of salvation. And the helmet protects the head of the soldier from the enemy's attacks. And for us, the helmet protects us spiritually from the attacks of the devil in our minds. This is where the devil likes to play the mind games. Giving us a thought to entertain, trying to bait us in. Once we start entertaining those thoughts, they can quickly progress into us acting upon them. But even a thought can be a sin. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew. Where Jesus is saying, even if you just look at someone with lust, you've, you've already committed adultery. You've already committed that sin. Showing us that even if we aren't acting on a thought, that doesn't mean we're not doing it in our minds. We need to keep ourselves in check. The real question is, what is really stopping you from doing what you're thinking? Is it the possibility you may get caught? Is that the only thing holding you back from following through with it? If that's so, and that's all that's stopping you, and when that opportunity comes, you will go through with it. This is why we need to win the battle of our minds first. So when that opportunity does come, we won't do it. We need to come to a point where we don't want to offend God with our thoughts or actions. It reminded me of Joseph with Potiphar's wife in Genesis. I mean, this girl, I mean, dang. She doesn't know (laughs) how to take a hint. After I don't know how many advancements, and this girl's married, Joseph says no. How could I do this great evil and sin against God? Yo, if we could all get to that point with God, man, imagine the ground we'd take. The devil couldn't do nothing to us. Oof. (laughs) We need to train our minds to think biblically and turn that into a reflex. Just like with anything we do, Right, whether it's a job or a sport or whatever you do. You do it through countless repetition. And then you build muscle memory off of that. So then you're doing these things almost without even thinking, right? You're just going through that motion and it's just nothing. It's easy. We need to train ourselves to turn the bad, the evil, and these immoral thoughts around. And that's what putting on the helmet of salvation is all about. The final piece of equipment is the sword of the Spirit. And this is the only offensive weapon that is listed. 
The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. In Hebrews 4.12 it says, For the word is alive. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Jesus is the word of God. And that's how John introdu- introduces Jesus in John 1, verses 1 through 2. It says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Then in the gospel, in verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So I always heard in the sermons I listened to is, you just put Jesus in the place of word, and you got it, you know. That's what Jesus is. So the sword is the, is the word of God, and Jesus is our weapon against the devil. And I was reading this, and what popped into my mind was how the samurais thought about swords. I know it's not Roman soldiers or the double-edged blade, but there are some awesome similarities here with Jesus, the word, and how they looked at the sword. The samurai sword wasn't just a weapon to them. They believed that the soul of the samurai was imbued in the sword, part of the sword. I couldn't help but connect, like, man, that's exactly what Jesus is saying right here. Like, I am your weapon. You know, I am connected to it. Use me as your weapon, you know. Word made flesh. It, it just symbolizes the same things. I think that's pretty sick myself. We need to remember to equip ourselves with the sword, though. We can do a great job of putting on the armor, but if we forget to equip the, sh- the sword or keep it sheathed, the armor is only going to do so much. It's only going to block so much damage before we end up taking that damage, right? We also have to be ready to attack with the word. Like when Jesus was tempted after fasting for the 40 days and 40 nights. In Matthew 4, verses 3 and 4, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. That's right. And the only way we will be able to combat the devil, like Jesus, is using the word as the sword, cutting him down, cutting them lies out. If we spend time in the Word daily, filling ourselves up with the bread of life, instead of getting distracted with your TV, Facebook, IG, Snapchat, TikTok, you know, oh, it's TikTok, I'm sorry, or whatever, you know, whatever else there is the enemy's using to distract you. Video games, yeah, I mean, start listing them, you know, the list goes on forever. It could be sports, it could be, you know, it could be work, it, it could be anything. <clears throat> Whatever the enemy uses to distract us. We need to be spending more time in the word and praying. The more we read and make it a habit, the more the spirit 
will bring scripture to our minds and conversations and, and just everyday life. And you won't even have to think about them. Like spiritual muscle memory. This is just as much a message to me. Like I was convicted writing this. And I hope some other people here were convicted too because I need to spend some more time in the word. It's easy to get distracted in this world. There's a lot of toys out there, right? It's easy to just pop the phone open and you're like, all right, what's going on on YouTube today? I mean, that's me. I'm not a big Facebook person, but I like YouTube. I watch videos and stuff. Um, So let's all dive into the word this week. I guess you could say this is my challenge. Let's dive in, try to make a habit out of equipping ourselves with the full armor of God, being read up, prayed up, and ready to go to battle. All right. Let me pray for everybody real quick. Your Father, thank you for everybody that came here tonight. And I I pray that at least one person is affected and they heard what they needed to hear tonight. And that everybody can at least look at their lives and try and see what piece of armor they need to equip themselves with or which one they're lacking. And that we spend more time in your word, Lord. Getting to know you. Getting connected with you more. Praying on a regular basis. Building up that relationship with you. To be steady firm, holding our ground when the devil comes at us, trying to slip us up and get us distracted. In Jesus' name, amen.